as a newborn mother, you are being invited to reinvent yourself. Because when a baby is born, so is a mother. And the birth of a mother can be more intense than childbirth. You'll learn how to find peace and joy in the first 40 days after birth and how your postpartum experience can change your life. Hello and welcome to the Newborn Mothers Podcast. And today we are talking about a topic that most people feel very uncomfortable talking about. Um, but something that is actually very important for us to talk about, particularly if we are working or living in the um, postnatal area, if we work with mums or if we are mums, um, it's really, really important that we start talking about suicide. Uh, and a heads up that today we will be focusing on suicide prevention and um, won't be going into any details about specific suicides that have occurred. But if you do need any more support, please do call um, Lifeline and we'll also be providing some more resources for you at the end of the podcast and in the show notes. So I've got Amanda with me today who is a social worker and she has 10 years experience in counselling and mental health education and she has also worked for six years as a trainer for Living Works Australia facilitating suicide intervention workshops. Uh, and Amanda, I know through our work together, she is a graduate of Newborn Mothers Collective, and she's also the founder of the Perinatal Space, which is based in Darwin, which provides individualised support throughout pregnancy, preparing to parent and postpartum, um, really designed to prevent problems and promote peace. And so um, we talk about suicide uh, in our postpartum work because uh, many people don't realise that suicide is the leading cause of maternal death in Australia and actually in many developed countries around the world. So, um, Amanda, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Um, thanks, Julia. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, yeah, I think you've done a wonderful introduction of me and um, I'm really, really excited to talk to you, um, I guess, with an overarching theme of hope about this topic. You're right. A lot of people... Um, are often very hesitant to have conversations about it, but it's it's so important and I'm glad we've got an opportunity to do that today. Yes, it's something that's very important to me and um, something that I think we really need to start talking about. And, and there is actually a lot of research showing that we do need to start talking about this topic. So can you tell us why that's important that we start these conversations? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think... Um, I'm really lucky um, that in my training, when I get to you know, work with participants and have conversations about suicide, it often really comes up that, you know, it's not something that is talked about often. Um, and one of the really good things that we find that comes out of having conversations is that it can actually destigmatize and demystify um, suicide because what we know is that um, if there is if there is less stigma around suicide, if meaning if people are more um, accepting and willing to, to to look for assistance, then that is going to reduce um, the risk that people have. And also, when we demystify it, it makes people more likely to provide assistance to somebody who might be in need. So, um, it's really important to talk about it for those two reasons, really. Yeah, I, I loved some um, info you sent through before we were chatting about how 
it's important to see mental health as a spectrum and that it's actually quite common for people to have thoughts um, of suicide, you know, and I think um, when we know that it changes the way that we feel instead of feeling ashamed, you know, we might be more likely to reach out for, for help. Um, and as a person, you know, working in, a, in an at-risk group, you know, anyone who's listening mm. to this podcast who works with mothers, whether before, you know, during pregnancy or after pregnancy, but then in that whole stage of life, that is a time when people are at increased risk of suicide. So when we're working mm. in that space, what can we actually do to, to literally to start the conversation with our clients? Yeah, um, so, so you're right, you know, it, it is important to note that there are um, groups amongst our population that are, are going to be statistically more at risk of suicide than others, but um, probably the biggest piece of advice I can give, which is actually really simple, is to focus on the individual that is in front of you um, and, you know, just have a conversation with them because at the end of the day, the statistics have no bearing um, on that when you're talking about an individual person. And I think the point that you made about, um, you know, the mental health existing on a continuum is, is really important because we know that um, from the statistics, and I hate talking about statistics, but it does, um, it is quite necessary sometimes to do with this topic. But we can gather that in Australia at any particular time, one in 20 people will be thinking about suicide. So um, when you think about it like that, um, it, it really does help to destigmatize because um, it, it just draws attention to the fact that it is, you know, I, I mean, we'd love for the number to be lower, but um, it is sort of a part of the human condition. And having thoughts of suicide, um, thoughts can come and go and, and they don't um, dictate who you are. They're simply your thoughts. So it's really important to just be present with the person that's in front of you and um, be respectful of them and their needs at the time. Yeah, just on a side note there, I noticed that... Um that one of the reports you sent through and I'll try and include the links in the show note, mm. but it was uh, showing that in the public health system in Australia, women were a lot more likely to be um, asked about their, their mental health um, than women mm. were in the private hospital system. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, um, me too. And I guess that's one of the things that, um, you know, I'm not a statistician and I, um, Statistics are really interesting, but I mean, yeah, what's behind that? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, perhaps it could be particular training that um, professionals in the, in the public sector are receiving that is different to public, but um, I, I am not an expert in that area. I, I couldn't say, but it is, you know, it is interesting and it is important to kind of um, consider. Yeah, so, you know, in this space, what else can we do? Um, you know, I think you gave an analogy about, a river. Can you talk about mm. that a little bit as a way of understanding how we can actually be in that space and be helping people? Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess just importantly to um, give a bit of a plug to the organisation that I work for um, as a casual trainer, Living Works Australia. Um, they use uh, a, an analogy of a river um, in their training and it's it's really good because what it does is it shows us that um, if we think about a river and um, in you know, 
in environmental terms, it has contributaries or things that, you know, different waterways that flow into it and eventually that river flows out into the sea. There are many things that um, can occur for us in our day-to-day -day lives that might cause us distress and, and may cause us to start thinking, having thoughts of suicide. So things like, you know, relationship breakdowns, financial pressures, a whole host of things that are going to impact different individuals in different ways. And then what can happen is that... Um, Having these difficulties don't necessarily mean that someone is going to be thinking about suicide, but um, they can. And then once they start thinking about that, they sort of go into the river of suicide, whereby flowing down thoughts can lead to actions um, or behaviours, and, and that can ultimately result in death. So if we think about a river um, and a river having banks, what I guess our um, hope is is through providing training um, right across Australia through Living Works Australia is that we want to increase the amount of people that are standing on the edges of those banks that are ready and willing and able to provide assistance to people that might find themselves in that river. So um, it's it's not dissimilar to physical first aid training, I suppose, in that um, you know, if you do the doctor ABCD, you know, and intervene with somebody who might be having a heart attack, you're not expected to provide ongoing treatment, you know, and care to that person. You just actually helped in that particular time to keep them safe um, at that moment. And then other people could come in and continue this um, care and support. So that's how the river analogy kind of works. If that, I hope it made sense. Yeah, I love it. I really love it because it takes a lot of pressure off us as, although, um, you know, some people listening to this podcast might have training in suicide prevention, mm. but a lot of people listening to this podcast are uh, much more in that space just as a, um, you know, as a support person. Yeah. It might feel too overwhelming to take responsibility for someone someone's suicide you know but, and you can't mm. do that and you're not trained to do that um right. but i love the idea that you could still just be one of hopefully many positive people standing on the bank and um just just helping them along that moment on, in their path yeah because the interesting thing that that we do find out from talking to people and you know collecting data on this is that when you ask people um what kind of person they're most likely to go to if they were having thoughts of suicide themselves. It's, um, I don't know whether some people find this surprising, some people don't, but more often than not, it's, it's not a professional. So if you're, you know, feeling really down and, and feeling like things are getting overwhelming and maybe suicides on your mind, more often than not, people are wanting to reach out to a friend or a family member or someone who's just, you know, a friendly, caring face. Um, and, and less often, um, you know, kind of going down immediately, anyway, going down the, you know, um, perhaps the, the social worker, psychologist, GP kind of route. So that's why it's actually really important that all of us, not just professionals, um, have a bit more of a, an awareness of, a, around suicide and, and how to help. Yes. Yeah, so if someone does come to us and tell us what, how they're feeling mm. and we, we don't feel overwhelmed by that and we know what to do about that. Yeah. And I imagine obviously referring people on is important, but also mm. your immediate response in that moment is also important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's um, probably brings me to a, a like a really um, 
a really interesting topic to talk about when when you talk about suicide and I guess it's that it's that thought of asking the question that people are really really um they feel really icky about they're really unsure it's and it's it is it's a really scary thing to ask somebody if they're having thoughts of suicide but um if you can imagine for somebody who might be feeling that way it's actually really difficult to just come right out and say it um you know and it's because of that that stigma that um does still exist and because of that uncertainty of oh i'm not really quite sure how this is going to be um you know perceived if i do say it so um in the training we spend a lot i dedicate a lot of time because it's really important to letting people know that it really is okay to ask somebody if they're thinking of suicide um you're not going to put the idea in their head um and yeah it's it's actually really what we see um for those of us that have asked the question many a time often find is that when you do you see a big sense of relief um, rush over the person's face because somebody has finally kind of picked up on what's going on for them and then they're able to kind of um you know move if, if you don't know what you're dealing with then you can't deal with it can you so it's really important Yes, I really think that is so important and such a simple and valuable thing that we can all start doing, you know, almost routinely in, in the way that, you know, perhaps the public hospital have it built into their training and their systems mm. that they routinely ask these questions. I think it's important that we can start doing that too. And I can imagine that sense of relief. I mean, what I hear a lot from families um, who have lost someone to suicide is that they're really shocked and often they have no mm. idea that the person was feeling that way. Um, you know, and, and it is hard if you were the person mm. having those thoughts to be the one who's responsible for admitting that to someone and not necessarily knowing who's going to be a safe person to talk to that about without feeling ashamed or, you know, being blamed or any of that yeah. kind of thing. So I think showing, even if they don't answer straight away, yes, I'm having those thoughts, then they know in the future if that comes up for them that there's someone safe they can go to. Yeah. And it, it reminds me to a little bit of, um, you know, when, when we look at our, our current um, postpartum care practices that are, are available for, for women around Australia and in other parts of the world, you know, I often find myself talking to parents saying that, you know, perhaps you live in a, in a, in a you know, an, a time and a society whereby the care that you're you are deserved is perhaps not forthcoming to you. So in a way it's sort of up to you to um, seek it. And we do that in the training as well a little bit in that, you know, it would be great if there was, um, if there was less reluctant reluctance for people to, you know, ask the question about suicide, but because that does exist, we actually do a lot of work with people on, if you are thinking of suicide, what's, what's a way that you can, you know, clearly tell somebody and get the best support possible you know who is the who are who are the key people that you can tell um and how can you say it to make sure that you are heard so yeah recognizing that um if one in 20 people are, are thinking of suicide and, and this often comes up in in the training that we do um there are a lot of people that are actually helpers that have been in that boat themselves as well and might find themselves in that boat again. So it's about skilling us up to help others, but also really importantly to help ourselves as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And because suicide is more common in certain communities and certain families, then, mm. you know, often the person who has those thoughts, probably it's likely they know someone else is also having those thoughts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So humans are tricky, you know, but uh, we do what we can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that can be a really hard position to be in, being a helper. So what can we do to take care of ourselves in those kinds of um, moments, you know, when, when we're caring for someone else mm. and it's um, starting to affect us too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I'm somebody who's really, really passionate about um, self-care and, and I almost sort of hate saying it in that way because it has, you know, there are a lot of things floating around about self-care that um, aren't particularly <laughs> that helpful. But um, we do know that it's if you are not looking after yourself, then um, it's really you know, you're not in a good spot to therefore look after other people. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Enjoyer. You, pro you probably have. Lots of people have. But have you heard of Steve Bidoff, who's a developmental yeah. psychologist? Yeah. So yeah. he's written a couple of best-selling books, I think, Raising Boys and Raising Girls. And um, I was lucky enough to have a, a chat with him oh, a few years ago now. But he gave me a really great analogy about self-care that um, – Anybody who, who works with me now, um, chances are they've heard it. But he said to think of yourself as a tree with um, a root system. So, again, a little bit like the river analogy. You have to kind of work with me here. But um, if, if you think of really big, strong trees, um, perhaps even the tree, kinds of trees that people tie swings on to swing on, they're, they're that sturdy what they have underneath the ground is really strong, deep, interconnected um, root systems. And um, it's a really good idea to think about our self-care practices as strengthening those roots um, of our tree because unless we're looking after ourselves down below the surface, um, when people you know, perhaps at the moment we're talking about people who might be um, thinking about suicide and, and looking for assistance, then if they kind of cling onto our branches for support, which is, and again, as you know, as mothers, you've got lots of people um, clinging to you all the time for support, then they, they um, can be flung off if our root system isn't, you know, really... Um, really under control and looking after itself as well so it's a really good way to look about that self-care isn't actually just for for yourself it benefits everyone around you yeah i love that and and if you've mm. got longer roots they can reach more people mm. yeah for sure yeah beautiful now i know you've got a great blog post on self-care so we'll share that in the <laughs> um show notes too and we just have two last resources to talk about mm. one is lifeline and the other is the suicide callback service so can you tell us the difference between them and if anyone listening to this has found this content um you know distressing mm. or needs to talk further about it where's the best place to start yeah so i think really commonly um there isn't a single person on the planet living or in australia at least who hasn't heard um you know, lifeline being um, kind of tacked on to the end of lots and lots of different, you know, television programs and various things. Um, and it's for sure a fantastic service. But what we often find is that um, people 
um, don't really know much about it or how it works. So it's really good for um, what it, one of the really good things to do if you do find yourself um, being a helper to somebody who's at risk of suicide or, you know, feeling perhaps a bit that way yourself, it's really good just to give Lifeline a call and find out, you know, what are they about? If I, if I have somebody who's in need of assistance, what, you know, what happens when you call? Because people are reluctant to, you know, use things that they don't understand. So one of the things um, about Lifeline that I think is really great is that every single person who answers the phone is actually trained um, in, in this workshop that I've referred to throughout the podcast um, called Assist that's run by Living Works Australia. So they all have a pretty detailed understanding of how to have a conversation with somebody about suicide and how to help them get that safety, you know, to, to kind of move on to the next step. So Lifeline is really awesome. Um, the suicide so, call, sorry, sorry, I'll just pause you on there. So are you saying that people could even call in a, in a preventative mm. way? So if someone thinks they might be coming into a stage of their life that's going to be tricky, mm -hmm. then they could even, it's a good idea to call Lifeline before you get to crisis point, just so that you are familiar with that system and it makes the call back easier the next time around when you really need it. Yeah, definitely. People can certainly yeah. do that. Yeah, cool. I love yeah. it. And tell me about the suicide callback service. Yeah, so the suicide callback service works um, a little bit differently um, and it kind of gives um, the kind of service that it provides away in its title. But um, you, can, you can call the service and I think you can now even, I don't know about text, but I'm pretty sure that you can email um, them to set up an appointment that um, you can have a conversation with at a time that, suits you um you know so you know you might you might be going out oh, to you know i know that, that this week's going to be kind of a rough one and you can schedule in in your call with somebody from the suicide callback service um and the other thing that a lot of people often don't know about that service is that it's also for the helpers so um if you're concerned about somebody or if you kind of need to debrief after having a conversation with someone about suicide then the suicide callback service uh, um, is for helpers as well. That's great. I just checked their website. You can call, they have online chat and they also have video chat. So that makes it really yeah. accessible. And I think the idea of scheduling a call is great because I know if you've had, um, if anyone's working in this space, I'm sure you've had experiences where you've had really tricky clients and you've been really unsure mm -hmm. about the best way to move forward. And sometimes you even feel anxious about your next visit with them and, and um, how mm. you're going to cope with that. So you could even book, um, a call uh, for after a, a visit, you know, so say, yeah. you know, you're going to see a client who's in trouble. Um, you can book your call for straight afterwards so that you can debrief with someone and get some strategies for your next visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Cool. Okay. There's such good resources to share. So we'll make sure we pop them up in the show notes. And, um, and, and I guess the last thing I want to add is just, making sure that everyone understands that it is very common. I mean, that doesn't mean that it's good, mm. but it's very common to have, um, you know, thoughts of suicide or even mm. just mental health challenges at various stages throughout your life. And that it's um, a really, really good idea to, to reach out and talk to people around you. And whether that is, you know, a professional or a hotline or a friend or a doula or a family mm. member, um, you know, it's, it's a great idea to reach both as someone who's experiencing that difficulty and as someone who's um, perhaps 
you know, noticing that someone else is going through a difficult stage. Yeah, for sure. Because we're not our thoughts. Um, you know, we often talk about that. You hear that a lot in my, you know, if you listen to any kind of mindful meditations and things, it's, it's um, quite common. And, you know, thoughts of suicide are exactly that. They're, they're thoughts. Um, and it's important to realise that they don't, you know, they don't own you. Exactly. And if one in 20 people think about suicide, mm. I mean, that sounds like a huge number, but obviously one in 20 people aren't actually following mm. through on those thoughts. And that's, that's important to know too, that, you know, even if you have these thoughts, that doesn't mean that you're yeah. going to follow through on them. Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything to add, Amanda? Maybe tell us a little bit about your, um, your space that you've set up in Darwin. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's kind of evolved. Um, I guess my, my social work practice has evolved very much into the perinatal space since having my own, my own son almost two years ago now and um, kind of just going, oh, geez, this is, you know, such a massive transformative time that, um, you know, there are lots of things that I, that I know that I'm well-resourced to, to provide people um, with to help them out. I mean, I, I spent a lot of my career working with teenagers in, in high schools. And um, funnily enough, it's, it's kind of a, a bit of a similar transition. If, you know, if you follow sort of that matrescence um, um, thing that, you know, Dan, Dan Raphael, who I know is one of your, um, you know, somebody that you, you've mm. read a lot about and um, really admire, then, yeah, it's such a transformative time for, for parents, but especially mums. And, um, yeah, mental health is, is kind of one aspect, but I'm very much focused on prevention and the things that we can do to, um, yeah, just make the time as amazing as it can be. And it is amazing. And, um, yeah, I'm really passionate about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, nope, all good. Nope, awesome. Um, thank you so much. I, I Just as you were talking and I was thinking, I don't know if it was Dana Raphael who coined the word matrescence. So uh, if anyone wants to correct us, I think it might have okay. been someone else. I don't know. <laughs> I've read somewhere, but, you know, reading Maybe it, it was one her. or two places doesn't... Yeah, it's, it's definitely getting to be a big thing now. Yeah. Um, you sure. know, that people are understanding that transition more, and I think that's really cool that people are really recognising that. Um, you know, and then big changes, obviously, you know, I always say this, change often includes grief, so people don't mm. often talk about that. You know, you talk about a change as being a good thing, and obviously it can be a good thing, but mm. sometimes letting go of an old part of yourself or an old way that you used to live, you know, that can also involve some, some feelings of loss as well. So, you know, it's a really emotional time and I think people can do with a bit of extra support and someone who understands what they're going through. So I think that's great that you've set up that space in, in Darwin. Um, and also before we started this podcast, we were talking about the suicide rates around Australia and it turns out that WA mm. where I live is um, mm. one of the highest and, and Northern Territory where you live is the highest uh, rate of suicide of anywhere. And it's, you know, I think in Australia, it's important to mention when we're talking about suicide that perhaps, um, and probably those statistics are so high because of the remote and Aboriginal populations are larger in those states. So um, Aboriginal people are more at risk of suicide and um, I think that's something we really need to work on, you know, as a country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Thank you so much, Amanda, for your, you. bringing your expertise. It's not something that I'm skilled at talking about, so I really appreciate being able to bring you in for that. And um, thank you so much for sharing everything on our podcast. Oh, thank you. And one, and, and, and one last thing to, to end it on this, but um, I'll, I'll pull you I, I am not an expert <laughs> on, on suicide. I'm not an expert on a lot of things, but I think that um, it's really important just, just for us to kind of um, learn from each other. You know, I say this in training all the time, you know, very much that I'm not here with an expert hat on, that I always learn things in training um, every time I do it from, from a participant in the group. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, kind of, a big scary thing. Um, yes, I love that. I love that. And everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of the <laughs> experts, but you know, a much better way of saying it is that you're a helper on the bank of the river and now you're showing yeah. us how we can be helpers on the bank of the river too. <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for listening to the Newborn Mothers podcast. Together, we can change the way that women experience the transformation to motherhood. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Plus, you can join the postpartum renaissance over at www.newbornmothers.com. See you next time.